It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, I spoke too soon. Welcome in. We are live here on this Thursday and a jam-packed show for you. So much to get to today right here on A to Z. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Of course, follow the entire Locked On Sports Atlanta network at Locked On ATL. John Michaels from 680 The Fan will join us here in a little bit. I know I promised you Grant McCauley, but his schedule would not permit for today. So uh, we're going to the bullpen and we're calling in uh, the righty John Michaels here uh, on the show today. We've literally got everything to get to. Uh, We've got Hawks news. We've got some interesting Falcons sort of uh, side football related news. Uh, we got some college football news to get to. Everything is on the table today. And I want to start, of course, with, uh, yeah, the Atlanta Braves. I, I, I spoke too soon, y'all. I mean, I, I just did. Uh, I was happy about their 3 nothing win on, uh, on, on Tuesday. And you know, yesterday they go out and get their best starter on the mound. And Max Fried and blow a 4-0 lead and uh, lose in 11 innings, 7-6. <sighs> That's just baseball, I guess, right? Uh, just very frustrating, right? I mean, in reality, they should have swept this series. There's an argument to be made. They should have and could have swept this whole entire series. They lose a one nothing game on an Ian Anderson wild pitch. They win the second game. Of course, they had a 4 nothing lead with their best starter on the mat. Let me rephrase that. With their best pitcher overall, not statistically this year, um, on the mound, because Max Freed is their ace. So let's just call him that. With their ace on the mound. And they blow a 4 nothing lead. And uh, they end up losing seven to six, and they lose two of three to Milwaukee Brewers. And now, with the day off today, you head to Miami, uh, and they start a three game series with the Marlins tomorrow. And you have this tasting mouth, you have this sense that all of a sudden, the minute you think things are starting to turn around, guess what? It, it's right back to where we started. And, and I hate to sort of second guess myself here, but I want to go back to my original prediction of when I thought the Braves would be over 500. Remember before the last homestand with the Brewers, the Red Sox and the Padres, you know, I said, look, if they took a six of eight on that homestand, they, they would be a game over 500 and they might not look back. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, and so I originally said that June 15th after the Washington National Series is when they would be in first place. And now I guess I kind of got a hold to that. They're 17 and 21. Uh, and, and this is a situation where, you know, it, it's only four games. But unless you're winning, you're going on a winning streak and you're winning six or seven in a row, uh, you're not going to get there. If baseball does what baseball does, and that's give and take and, and take some more and then give some more. I mean, it's just kind of the, the way the game ebbs and flows. You know, it's going to to make up those four games. It's going to take a week or two. It's, it's not going to happen in a short amount of time, more, more closer to two weeks. So uh, that's where they are right now. It was incredibly frustrating uh, to watch the whole game unfold. Kinsley Jansen blows his first save. This was just not a scenario that you wanted to unfold in the final game of this series. And for whatever reason, you know, the, the Marlins have, have seemed to have, have had the Braves number. Um, you know, they, they seem to have had a, a I don't want to say, you know, I know the Acuna hitting thing is all there and, you know, hitting, hitting Acuna and whatnot. But um, the Marlins have always given the Braves fits for some reason. It's not so much the Phillies. It's not so much the Mets. 
You know, it's the Marlins for whatever reason have felt like a thorn in the in the Braves' side for the last couple of years. So uh, they will head down to Miami there, and um, you know, Miami had won two of the first three series, uh, two of the first three games rather in the season series. So uh, a lot left to go against the Miami Marlins. Just very very disappointing. Shake it off, dust yourself off, get right back into it. Uh, the next game, that's what baseball is for 162 games. And let's hope we can see a better outcome um, come Monday when the Braves finish up their series with the Florida Marlins and then it's on to Philadelphia. All right, uh, switching gears here. Uh, remember earlier in the week, we talked about uh, the Atlanta Hawks in their offseason and you know where they're going. And once again, Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, uh, he finished his the second half of his column and talked about what the Hawks can do in the offseason. A lot of names bandied about uh, in the column. Go check it out. Uh, it's on The Athletic. But, you know, some of the names that really sort of stick out to you, and, and, and I'll throw them out to you here that I think are noteworthy. Obviously, the Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Is it one? Is it both? Is it either or? Whatever. I mean, I, I, clearly we all think Gobert is the, is the more sensible fit just because of his defense. And Mitchell is sort of ball-centric, as is Trey Young. And so with only one basketball to go around, it may be a little bit of a tough sell to, to get both of those guys uh, enough shots. Ben Simmons is a name that's brought back up, that if the Nets are interested in moving off of him, um, could they you know, could they find a fit with the Nets to get him here? Um, I, I think that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons is – going to make a huge difference here. I don't know if defensively he's going to make the right difference, but you know, there is a sense that uh that Atlanta was at least being sought about as one of the teams to trade with with Philadelphia when he was there. Atlanta native Malcolm Brogdon uh from the Pacers uh is a name another name that's being thrown about uh trying to acquire him obviously. You know, he's a, he's a very good defender and he certainly uh, provides enough on the offensive end. And then my favorite name that I got in this column, which I did not expect to see, uh, and I give Chris Kirshner a lot of credit here. I did not expect to see the name, and this name, got it excites me so much. This is why I'm making the buildup so big. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, and I know you might be saying, why would the Suns get rid of DeAndre Ayton? Well, they just got bounced in the second round uh, of the playoffs. And this is a team right now that has gotten close but hasn't gotten over the hump. And... I'm sure the patients are thin there. Um, you know, do they want to lock themselves into Aiton long-term? They already have Devin Booker. You know, what else do they want to do? I mean, you know, that seems like a situation where that's a young guy the Hawks could get into to pair with Trey for the foreseeable future. And the Hawks have the room against the cap to do a sign and trade. So it's one of those deals where, yeah, that really, really, would excite me. It's almost one of those, I, I feel like you should go all in for that. I'd rather them go all in for a young player like DeAndre Ayton than an older player like Rudy Gobert, who's pushing 30 and makes a ton of money. So to me, that makes a lot more sense. But that was a name I got really, really excited about. I didn't expect to see that name in there. And it certainly uh, was one that my, oh, okay, I see where you're going with this. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. But the biggest thing is, is that the Hawks are going to have to find a partner here. They're going to have to find a trade partner and somebody to pair with because if they don't, then guess what? Uh, they're stuck in the same position. So I am hopeful here that there is a dance partner out there for them, and hopefully Travis Schlink can find somebody who's willing to be able to make uh, a big-time move with them. And if they don't make a big-time move, then, yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical about how much better this team will be 
next year as they head into 2022, 2023. As I said, right now, objectively, this is uh, on the high side, the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference, sixth best team in the Eastern Conference. And that's with the 26th ranked defense. So you have to figure if the defense can get better, how much offense are they going to lose? How much more can they contend? You know, it, it's it, they have to find a, a partner with somebody who really wants to uh, continue to stockpile draft picks, maybe uh, continue to, to, to look at, uh, you know, getting bad salaries or bad contracts and, and moving on from I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different trades that go on in the NBA that sort of make this thing interesting. It's just a question of which partner they're going to find and dance with uh, and, and how quickly it's going to happen. It's almost like I want to hit fast forward and get the NBA finals over with real quick so we can start the free agency period and watch all the craziness. Speaking of which, game two of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals tonight, uh, take the Celtics in the points. Well, at least that's what I'm doing for the second game in a row. All right, coming up next, my good buddy John Michaels will join us. we got a lot to go over with the Falcons, with the Braves, even a little college football. We'll do that all coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL and at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Uh, this show is so fast moving. It's it's really fast paced and we're actually going to catch somebody on the go today. See, that's a, we, we are we are going at, at speeds that people can't even comprehend from the locker room on 680 to fan. It's our good buddy, John Michaels here on A to Z is look as he's just like, he, he's so courteous to me that he decided to sit over on the side of the road and have a conversation with me. This is why I love you, man. I did. I had to, I mean, I was driving. I didn't think that would be in good form. You know, people say you can't text and drive. I don't think doing a show and drive is really recommended either. No, not at all. Uh, you know, what's not recommended. Um, losing a game on a wild pitch and then blowing a four run lead uh, in a three game series against the Brewers, complete frustration at this point in time. Look, and I'm not asking for things to be perfect. But what I am saying here is simply that, you know, they've got to play a better brand of baseball, the Atlanta Braves do at this point in time. I mean, look, you guys are as close to the, the team as anybody is the flagship. What's the sentiment sort of just around the team right now and, and how much they're struggling? I, I think a big part of it, Mark, people are still going, you know what, we did this last year. And I think that is a very, very dangerous game to play right now. Because let's be honest, while we all expect the Mets to met at some point in time, and that's collapse, get injured, deal with stuff. I know Max Scherzer was hurt last night. They're a good foot, they're a good baseball team. And they now have a seven and a half game lead. Oh, by the way, the Braves are in fourth place. They've won two series so far, and we're about to hit June in another couple of weeks. It's not a good look for this team. And you know, I use a funny analogy. It may have been Chris Rock that said it ham, no burger peanut butter, no jelly. That's what this baseball team seems to be. You get great pitching over the weekend, give up one run and lose a baseball game. Yesterday, you get some hitting off a really good pitcher in Corbin Burns. You have a 4-0 lead. You feel really good with Kenley Jansen on in the ninth and you lose a baseball game. They've got to find a way to be consistent all the way around. And right now it's just not happening. And, and the biggest problem for me, honestly, is the lineup. Like just nobody, you know, playing to the back of the baseball card. Uh, nobody's really doing that, uh, and it's frustrating. So it's it's problematic from that standpoint. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you're talking about Matt Olson's now down around 240. 
Uh, Austin Riley has not played as well as he did a year ago. Ronald Acuna, you know, obviously coming back from a major injury, he's been in and out of the lineup. When he's there, he's a huge spark plug, but he hadn't been there every single day. Ozzy's been streaky. Dansby Swanson was really, really bad for the first month of the season. He's turned it around. And Marcelo Zuno, although the last two days he's hit a couple of home runs, he was hovering around 200, which I wish my weight was hovering around 200, not your batting average. That's not what you want. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for things to get better in Miami for the Braves, although I don't have a lot of hope. Uh, Miami's given the Braves a ton of fits over the last couple of right. years. It always seems to be a dogfight with that team. Um, let's get to the Atlanta Hawks. Now I want to move on to the NBA playoffs because I know that, uh, you know, you and I have, have gone back and forth about the playoffs for years now. But, you know, the Hawks have a lot of challenges in front of them this offseason. And I still contend that I don't think that they can improve without a major roster altering type move. Do you agree? Totally agree. And here's the best thing that's come out of the NBA playoffs. You've now found two guys who are disgruntled. Donovan Mitchell wants out of Utah. I think that's pretty open and obvious. DeAndre Ayton, after playing 17 minutes in a closeout game, um, he seeming like he wants out of Phoenix. Yeah. Those are two guys that potentially could help you get better. Now, do I think Donovan Mitchell or DeAndre Ayton put you into the NBA Finals? Probably not. I think what needs to happen for the Atlanta Hawks is literally an organizational change, a philosophy change. And I'm not saying get rid of, you know, Travis Schlenk or get rid of Nate McMillan. They need to have an idea, identity that we're going to be tougher and we're going to be stronger than we have been because this team, you know, they, they talked all season. The regular season doesn't matter. Oh, we'll turn it on here. The teams that are left are all top 10 defensive efficiency. The Hawks were awful on defense. Go find me somebody along with the Donovan Mitchell that's going to be a defensive stopper. Tell Trey Young, you're going to learn to play defense or we're going to pull you at certain times, and maybe then they're going to get better. Yeah, and listen, I just said a moment ago that the name DeAndre Ayton really excites me. Um, and I'd rather, you know, Donovan Mitchell, the problem is there's only one basketball, and you got two ball-centric okay. guys in Donovan and Trey. So, like, that to me is a little bit – you know, Rudy Gobert is probably, if they're going to break it up, the guy that the Hawks want to go after. But I'm sure the, the the Jazz can sort of hold him hostage at a higher price. But the 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 Aiton thing is interesting just because he's so much younger. And you got right. somebody that, that can play with Trey for five to seven years. You know, Gobert's 30. Like, yeah, what does he have, two or three more years left where you have to move on? Uh, and then, you're, then again, you're searching for another big at some point in time. So the Aiton thing, and it was the first time I saw his name was in, was in Chris Kirshner's column. Um, was it this morning or yesterday? But regardless, I mean, you know, that to me would be a move that not only would energize the team. And again, I don't necessarily think it, it takes you from right now what I think is the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe you're the fourth. But still, you know, that's marked improvement. At least you're, you're, you're going to have home court advantage in a playoff series. Yeah, you won't be playing the number one seed. You won't be in that stupid play-in round if you get to six yeah. or better. You should be better than Cleveland. You should be better than Charlotte. I know those teams were in the play-in round. Let's be real. Brooklyn is going to go all in again. You figure they get Ben Simmons back. Milwaukee's better than you. Philly's better than you. Miami's better than you. Boston's better than you. you got to have a major shakeup. DeAndre Ayton could be that kind of shakeup to get you closer to that group than where you are right now. You mentioned Ben Simmons. He was another name. Now, the Hawks were sort of involved in the talks with the Sixers, at least you know they were being thrown out there as one of the interested teams. Does he interest you at all? No. Mentally, he is so gone right now. And I know people are going to say he had real mental illness. You know, he obviously is dealing with a back injury that he decided to have surgery on after the season. My problem is you sat out 82 games. If your back was that bad three months ago, you should have had surgery. You chose 
right. Yeah, you chose not to. You waited until the playoffs were over. The whole time telling us he was trying to come back. I want no parts of him. I think his game ended when he chose not to dunk a basketball against the Hawks in game seven a year ago. Yeah, uh, well, it was good for the Hawks, bad for uh, Ben Simmons. It's all been downhill since. Uh, let's talk NBA uh, conference finals here. Uh, you know, listen, I will, I will, I will do the viewing audience a little bit of a favor here. Ready? I'm going to zoom. Well, I was going to do it for you, but you said you're doing it. A- Look, I gave you the whole screen to put your Miami Heat uh, sweatshirt up there. Uh, I'll bring myself back in now. Now, full disclosure, I'm back in Boston tonight, getting the four. Um, okay. They outplayed Miami for three quarters. They had one bad quarter, and it cost him. The story should be Jimmy Butler because mm-hmm. him scoring 41 is, you know, always. And I, I said it yesterday in the show. Like, I just wanted Jimmy Butler in my life. I, I wanted Jimmy Butler on every team that I root for. He's just like the best athlete and best teammate that you can have anywhere. Um, right. And so I think Miami has a, has a, has a you know, a, just a dog in this thing right here with Jimmy Butler. That said, I think Boston is probably the more talented team, um, despite the fact that Miami has the depth. Uh, how do you see game two going? A lot like game one. I, I think Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown early on could probably get what they want. They are, you know, I'll, I'll say it. Boston is a more skilled team. Probably want number one, Jason Tatum's the best player on the floor. Most nights, Jimmy Butler would be number two. And then you go to Jalen Brown. But then when you go basically three through nine, they all may be Miami players. When you go to Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, what we've realized in anybody that's watched the NBA the others, as I like to call them, the guy, the Max Struces, the, the Gabe Vincents, guys like that, they make shots when they're at home, and they normally don't make them on the road. We saw it in the Philly series. Danny Green was hitting shots like crazy in Philly. He got to Miami and couldn't throw it in the ocean, which is crazy because the ocean is really right next to the arena. I think the others from Miami will be fine. And P.J. Tucker has become that leader that Miami, you know, they have it in Jimmy Butler. But P.J. Tucker in that third quarter just said, I don't care if my calf hurts, my foot hurts, and I'm old. I'm going to go play defense the way that it needs to be done. I think the Heat win tonight. They're going to win the series in seven. I think it is a seven-game series. Heat are going to win tonight as well. All right. Can they just win by three or less? Does that work for you? Yeah, that's fine. I I don't care. They can win by .5 as long as they win. Because, you know, good teams win and great teams cover. That's uh, that's that's always the most important thing. By the they, way, they you did know, cover in game one. They covered in game one. So you should know. Well, I'm not going to tell you I was on Boston, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but look, I mean, it's weird when Miami's laying points at home, but yet Boston is a two to one favorite in the series. So I was trying to read the tea leaves there. And if they don't have the bad third quarter, I think they might actually, Boston might have won that game. But we, we, we digress. Western Conference Finals. Um, Luca, he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> he wasn't very good last night, though. The, the Warriors got the best. Uh, uh, look, let me just bring it back to Atlanta for a second. Uh, and I know the conversation I've heard all around town, Luca versus Trey. Look, I've said this repeatedly. I've said this since day one. I think it's fair and objective to say Luca is the better all-around player, right? Mm-hmm. He just, from top to bottom, he's a better all-around player. He's probably going to win an MVP or two. Trey Young is probably not, unless he wins a scoring title by a considerable margin. That said, I still maintain Trey Young is a better fit for Atlanta than Luca. And sometimes fit supersedes talent z we were both on the game back at the time that they were getting ready to draft trey and luca and i remember the conversation with fans going i don't want some european that i've seen grainy video of these are these are fan words not mine and you know we none of us really knew how good luca was going to be you know we've heard chris taps porzingis coming from europe was supposed to be the best thing ever didn't work out yet dirk Nowitzki was you know, Tony Parker ended up being great, yet you can find multiple Ricky examples. Ooh, 
Rubio. Yeah. Ricky Rubio went before Steph Curry and is not one-tenth of the guy Steph Curry is. Culturally, everything to fit was Trey Young. Luka may be the better individual player, but I love the microwave that we live in. People are going crazy. Luka's in the Western Finals. Did we forget like nine months ago Trey Young was in the Western Finals? And if he doesn't step up... If he doesn't step on an official's foot in game five, he probably beats Milwaukee and goes to the NBA Finals. That's where they were at. So give Luka his props. Uh, they're going to get their ass bounced out, though. Uh, Golden State's going to take care of business in six against the Dallas Mavericks. All right. Well, I mean, crazy to think that if Boston wins and Dallas wins, Dallas actually has home court advantage in the NBA Finals. Like, that's nuts. You know what's crazy? I don't know who, who would have home court advantage between Miami and Golden State because they had the exact same record. And I haven't looked that far down the road because I'm just trying to hope that my Heat can get three more wins and get to the NBA Finals. I don't want to ask your boss if he's got a, any flight hookups and tickets to go watch the Finals. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's a, it might, might be a worthwhile trip if we can we can organize it. Never a bad time in South Beach, to say the least. Uh, no, no. Are, you, are you having fun yelling at college football fans about name, image, and likeness? Oh, my goodness. First of all, John Ruiz is actually my boy. I, I've gotten to know him a little bit on some different broadcasts. I'm trying to get him on the fan to talk about this. What I'm more in, enthused with, and, I, and you've been doing the show right now, the back and forth between Nick Saban and Jimbo oh, Fisher. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I don't, I've never really been a big fan of Jimbo Fisher. But I'm a big fan of Jimbo Fisher now. Uh, listen, I mean, this is this is just step one in this getting ugly, right? Uh, and remember, these two guys used to coach together, right? You know, like you know, it's opening up the closet time and letting all the skeletons out. Like this is dangerous territory because once you fire that first shot, you know there's one coming back. Well, and that was the problem. Saban fired it yesterday when he said, without proof, Texas A&M bought every single recruit in 2022. And Jimbo said it easily. He said, you know what? I know where the skeletons are buried. The best part of maybe the whole the whole conversation, he goes, I don't even answer his phone calls anymore. <laughs> when is that game? I think it's October 24th. Yeah. I got to have a couch and a beer. It's in Tuscaloosa. Last year was at Kyle Field when they actually beat him. So, yeah. uh, listen, the buildup for college football, always fantastic. And uh, can't wait for it to get here. Absolutely. Listen, brother, I appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, for making it for us today. I know you're a very busy man. Uh, you guys can check out John Michaels every morning on 680 The Fan on the locker room. Good to talk to you as always, bud. Stay well. Anytime, Z. All right. Uh, take a time out. Come back. You'll hear some more of those fiery comments from Jimbo Fisher right here next on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube. And wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Of course, follow us at Locked On ATL. All right. Uh, the explosive comments that have gone back and forth so far between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Of course, just to recap, Nick Saban. Called out three different schools, including uh, Deion Sanders and Jackson State, uh, but also said that Texas A&M bought every one of their recruits with a name, image, and likeness deal. Uh, and Jimbo Fisher met with the media today to respond to said allegations. And, well, you know, um, Jimbo didn't take too kindly to what Nick Saban had to say. And as our good buddy John Michaels just alluded to, uh, basically was ready to open up the closet door and let all of Saban's skeletons out. You're going to hear these comments, and then we'll react to them. This is a, this is Jimbo Fisher, head coach of Texas A&M, earlier today uh, as he made his comments to Nick Saban. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. 
You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We build him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> um, that's throwing a gauntlet down. And as I said, now it's going to go back and forth, back and forth. And, and you know, there, Saban has the ability to do this, right? Like when you have this many national championships and you consistently are at the top of college football every year and you speak, everybody listens. Saban has the upper hand here in the public perception. Um, Jimbo Fisher, you know, obviously he's trying to get where Saban is. He does have a national title, but you know, this is not, these are not two equal footed pairings here. Um, Saban is punching down and I'm not sure why. Uh, and, and now Fisher has to respond. And so my general gut feeling on all of this is just like, I'm watching both of these guys sit there and try to call out the other for some sort of moral code that does or doesn't exist, that may or may not exist, that some people follow and some people don't, that everybody claims plausible deniability of uh, in a business that's a billion-dollar industry that makes money off the backs of kids who don't have any way to fend for themselves. I mean, it's the system is what it is. I, I don't want to dive into the philosophical sort of you know rights and wrongs of this whole thing. Um, do I have a problem with NIL? No. Do, do I have a problem with coaches, you know, calling each other out? No. Do I have a problem with, with the NCAA actually doing their damn job and, and policing this stuff? No. The NCAA sucks at it, and they purposely suck at it. And so they want no part of this back and forth. They just want the cash register to keep going. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. That's all they want. As long as that, that, that money keeps coming in, as long as the goose that laid the golden egg is still laying the golden egg, Everything is going to be fine for the NCAA. They don't care. They'll do their little slap on the wrist thing. They'll do their little, you know, hey, uh, uh, you're going to get in trouble. You got a postseason ban kind of deal, whatever it may be, to make themselves feel better, make the public feel like they care, when in reality, they're printing money. And that's all that matters. It, it's the same as the NFL. Like, I don't understand why there is this misperception that these entities which essentially are private businesses. They're for-profit businesses um, that make billions of dollars are owed it to be of some sort of moral code. There's a difference between legal and moral. If nothing illegal was done, well, everybody's morality is different. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying merely that the idea that, that you know, Jimbo Fisher, even if he did get NIL deals for all of his recruits, so what? If it's not against the rules, what are you complaining about? If you don't want to do that, fine, don't do it. No one's telling you to, Saban. No one's telling you to do it. If you'd like to make a point I was going to change the landscape of college football, knock yourself out. But you don't have to call people on the carpet to do that. Like, this this was intentional. You could have just left names out. You could have left schools out. You didn't have to be so direct and straightforward with it. If you wanted to make a complaint, the NCAA would have listened. You're Nick Freak and Saban for crying out loud. If you didn't like the rules and didn't like the way they were forming and thought they were going to cause more trouble down the road, then, then say so. Dabo has done it. Dabo Sweeney has done it. Dabo Sweeney is, is so openly against NIL. You don't see him call out any other schools. Again, I get it. When you're Nick Saban, you can do whatever the hell you want. 
Ain't nobody going to stop you. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with generally is the idea that you're willing to throw everybody else under the bus to keep yourself at the top of a sport that you're at the top of regardless anyway. It'd be one thing if Saban was slipping. You know, it's kind of like that, that athlete who uh, in their 30s in baseball, you know, start, start their numbers start to decline. Well, let's take a couple of PEDs. Here. Let's get right back up where we belong. That's not the case. Saban was in the national title game last year. So it's not like they're slipping. When, when Alabama is missing the SEC title game in back-to-back years, then you can come and talk to me about, you know, uh, them you know, slipping. Until then, it's Alabama. They'll be there every year. And we'll be here every day right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Thanks for making A to Z your first listen every single day. Make your next listen. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, the ATL sports talker. Hitting everything hard. Braves, Falcons, Dogs, Hawks, it all. You know where to get it right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. make sure you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and share all of our social media stuff. Anytime you see a Locked On Sports Atlanta tweet or Instagram post, whatever it may be, send it along. Tell a friend. Certainly appreciate it. Back tomorrow to wrap things up on a Friday on A to Z right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. You guys have a great day. Don't tell any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 